Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. It's great to see everybody here in the room. Welcome. And, uh, and if you're worshiping online, welcome as well again. One more time. If you want to open your Bibles up, that would be great. You know, not all days are created equal, and this past Wednesday was one of those days, wasn't it? You know, so we've been praying for the building permit for like a a long time, and uh, it came on Wednesday. Yes. had a major breakthrough on some sermon planning stuff. And at the end of the day, it's funny. I was telling Mike, I was like, you know, man, all days are not the same. You know, just there's so much stuff in life. I I know as a pastor, it's like, ah, there's still a problem over there. Yeah, it's still a problem. (laughs) But then we had a breakthrough. So I'm just, woo. And uh, we were supposed to be out in the parking lot, maybe. And I drove up and they're like, so I, um, I'm glad we're in here right now. <laughs> Hopefully, hey, by the way, next week we're going to be out there. So that's a come one, come all. And uh, we don't have to do the sign up thing because there's plenty of room out there. So we'll be out there. And it looks like we're going to have some fantastic weather. So let's uh, ollie ollie income free, all of you guys. Hide and seek is over. <laughs> all right. Opening your bike. All right. This is the second Sunday of Lent, by the way. Brian Brush is funny, by the way. I just got to say, I'm just, I'm tired of unprecedented. Yeah, I want some precedented. Amen. Give me some precedented. Um, yeah, so second Sunday of Lent, and tomorrow we are starting three days of prayer and fasting as a church. And we've been doing this going all the way back since the very beginning of the church. And um, so just inevitably, when we do this, somebody is new or jumps in with us for the first time. And I just want to encourage you in that. Just, just, just take a risk. Take a, just step out. And uh, man, the Lord, He meets us when we pull back from something in order to press into Him. And it's just missing a few meals, you know, is, is all it is. And, but God, if you'll use that time where I was going to be eating at lunch or eating at dinner, then to pray, it's like He meets us right there. So I... Just encourage you in that. And I know it helps me to have other people locking arms, you know, uh, to, to do that than just doing it by myself. So let's open to Mark chapter one, verses nine through 20. And if you would stand up in the room right here live and also in your living rooms as well, wherever you're uh, watching the service, worshiping with us, let's all stand up together for the reading and the honoring of God's word. Father, I ask that you would bless the reading of your word now in the name of Jesus. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love with you. I am well pleased. At once, the spirit sent him into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with wild animals and the angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, 
Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and followed him. When he'd gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. And without delay, he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat and the hired men uh, as well. And they followed him. This is the word of God. And we say, thanks be to God. Amen. Have a seat. All right. Well, we are just a reminder. We're, we're doing a, a joint uh, kind of a partnership in this series. I'm preaching or a number of different people are going to be preaching on Sundays, but we're also doing this in conjunction with Jim Reynolds and his podcast called The Politics of Jesus. And so if you want to take a deeper dive from what we can do here in 30 minutes or so on a Sunday, then check out uh, Jim's podcast. And he, the way we're trying to do it, schedule it, is that he'll, he'll do it first, and then we'll kind of come in and roughly do the same passage. It may not always work out that way, but that's kind of the, the, the idea. And it's been fun, man. We've have, had some fun planning times already. Well, the context for this message, there's always a context. And I want to specifically talk about our context. So it's like what you're going through affects the way you hear the words, right? And so you hear different stuff at different times in your life because you're going through different stuff in your life. You're going through different hard things, wins, victories, failures, trials, all of those kinds of things. And so there is no arguing that we are living through some unprecedented times, some tough times. And we've been in them for a while. There's challenges, there's isolation, there's sickness, there's broken rhythms in gathering in community. It's, it's just, it's up and down and there's broken rhythms there. We forget who we are, but there's feelings of being lost. There's feelings of pain. There's injustice. There's political tensions. There's brokenness in relationships, testings, trials, and feeling like we're in a wilderness. Are you encouraged? I mean, that's, that is our context though, right? Right now? It's, it's just, that's the context we're living. And these four or five paragraphs that I just read, they all are markers for the way of Jesus. And they're really going to help us here in being disciples and following in the way of Jesus. That's what we're calling this series, the way of Jesus and Mark's gospel. And so these paragraphs are ones that we come back to again and again and again. They're all kind of like a GPS. If we were all lost on a mountain, different people at different places trying to get to the top of the mountain, you know, you see the blue line that gets on your phone when it tells you the direction to go. It's like it, no matter where we're coming from up the mountain, we need these pieces that we're talking about today in order to arrive at the right place. We need the baptism. We need to understand the wilderness. We need to understand the message of good news about Jesus. We need to understand the calling that is on our lives. Does that make sense? All of those things, you, you just, you don't get away from those things. Right. They're just, they are a part of life because they deal with identity, acceptance, significance, security, all of that's in the baptism, right? I mean, that affirmation, and we're in Christ, so that affirmation is over us. I mean, who needs that right now? I mean, I do. 
And we need wholeness and we need pulling back in the wilderness, pulling back from the noise, even like this time of prayer and fasting. We need to shut the phones down, shut the noise out, the cacophony of opinions that are just a lot of times got veins in the neck and and uptight anxiety causing tension release, uh, not releasing, but causing kinds of voices that don't always help us uh, to uh, and that's why we need times of prayer and fasting. We need the immersing of ourselves in the gospel of Jesus Christ, in the story, in the reign of God, in the kingdom of God, in this, in, in underneath Jesus as the king. We need to lay things down and follow him. All of that is what's happening here. We need to be sharing with others. As Jesus said, come follow me. We also need to be in that place of saying, come, let's go follow Jesus together and sharing in that way, joining in the mission, inviting others. The way we say it in the Antioch movement is encounter, disciple, mission. And all of that's right there in that passage. I mean, I could call this message encounter, disciple, mission. It also works. I'm not doing it, but but it's all there. And so the main thing I'm, I'm hitting at in these four paragraphs is, go ahead and flash the main thing up. There we go. Is that God wants us to shape our lives as disciples of Jesus so that we express his kingdom to people, express his kingdom to people and to the world around us. So he's shaping us through these kinds of of very real markers on the journey. So let's look at it. Four key markers for the journey this morning. The first one is the baptism of Jesus. Verses 9, 10, and 11. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my Son whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. There's, there's so much to say here. I'm making a point. It could be a sermon. It could be a series. And it's something that we should be coming back to again and again and again. And it's so incredible. This whole little section I'm going through right now is so incredibly dense and thick and laden with meaning. I mean, I mean, it really, it really is. The baptism of Jesus is, I mean, that's Jesus identifying with humanity. And it's Jesus fully being baptized like into humanity. And in that very moment of being fully identified with humanity, God fully identifies with him. Heaven opens up and says, you are my son. You've always been my son. And I'm affirming that right now, even as you are in the flesh, identifying with humanity, I am identifying with you. You are both God and man together. You are my son. This is the Trinity right here. You are my son whom I love with you. I am well pleased. And so it's it's God coming down. It's the prayer. So let's let's look at some of this denseness for just a minute. Go back to Isaiah chapter 64, this prayer that is that leads into the description of the new heavens and the new earth, the final vision of Isaiah in Isaiah, especially the the important the. uh, this critical section of 40, chapter 40 through 66 of Isaiah, where it unpacks all of this. But in chapter 64, verses 1 and 2, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountain 
would tr- mountains would tremble before you as when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil, come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. And so as Jesus comes up out of the water, he saw heaven torn open. And like the fulfillment of Isaiah's longing is happening at the baptism of Jesus. Isn't that, isn't that cool? You know, it just, it's like thick. And you know, Mark doesn't unpack all of that, but he wants us to see it. He wants us to be, are you listening? Are you really listening? Then press into this. Get a hold of what God's got for us here. And you know, when you start talking nations, it's another allusion there again to the density and the thickness Psalm 2, verses 6, 7, and 8. I mean, you'll recognize this, but I mean, this is David prophesying about one of his his own descendants. I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain, and I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, and here it is from the baptism, you are my son, and today I've become your father. And it keeps going. Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. So again, it's just so rich. One more time. Isaiah 42, verses 1 through 7. And again, here's another. It's it's a direct uh, phrase that's used in the baptism is also used in Isaiah 42 to describe the servant of the Lord, who is Jesus. So here we go. I'll just read it because it's fun. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. You are my son whom I love. With you I'm well pleased. You can just see it. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, uh, nor a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness, he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In, the, in his teaching, the islands will put their hope. You know, again, it's one of these things where, you know, it's, it's, it's pointing back to this. And in pointing back to this, then you go, oh, yeah, this is about the kingdom of God. This is about God making things right on planet earth. And whenever I read the island stuff, I don't know if Lindy's in the room right now, but we for years we had a church plant down in Honolulu. And you go down there and there are always all these island verses they're quoting. Oh, Lord, for the islands, Lord, let it happen for the islands. Here it is. A little, little memory there for me. Until the islands put their hope in you. And this is what God, the Lord says, the creator of the heavens who stretches them out, who spreads out the earth and all the spring that springs from it who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles to open the eyes that are blind, to free the captives from prison and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. You know, and all of that 
it's just it's just in there. You know, you got Jesus being baptized, but all of it, it's the story. It's the it's the prophetic word that a king was going to come, that this son was going to come and he's going to have the nations as his inheritance. All of that packed in there. You know, and so it's just it's a, it's an important piece of, of Scripture, and we desperately need this marker for the journey. We need it. We need it right now. We need the baptism of Jesus yes. right now. You know, one of the greatest truths of the New Testament is that we are united with Jesus Christ. His union. That's really the trajectory of the New Testament is our union, our shared life with Him, baptized into His death, raised into His life. Amen. That's 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 where this is going. I mean, it's like super, super good news. And so Jesus steps into the Jordan to identify with us and with humanity. And God is identifying with him in his divinity. I woke up the other morning uh, on Friday and I just my first thought waking thought was I felt like the Lord was inviting me to go and experience the baptism of Jesus. You know, I don't wake up with that thought like very often, but it's a very New Testament kind of thing to do. If we're in him, shouldn't we meditate and reflect on his experience as our experience? You know, and so I just I went in there and I've been I've been listening to some of this uh, uh, this uh, soaking music. Um I, it's like a genre of music online. I, I didn't, and on Spotify and stuff. And this guy, and I'm looking through the titles. I'm just making sure it wasn't like kind of new agey stuff. And it's like Time with Jesus. And it's an hour long song of just kind of pad, you know, some guy on a Nord, you know, some, he's a Brazilian guy. His name is William Augusto, is the guy I've been getting into. If you want to look that stuff up later, not, not right now. <laughs> but, uh, but I just, I, I'd been writing the sermon to that. I, I'd been listening. And, and just what my first thought was, Go run in there and go experience the baptism of Jesus. I, I need that. I need it today to hear that you're my son and that you're loved. I leak. I do dumb stuff. And I need to re-identify with Jesus again and again and again and again. And that's what He wants to bring me into is inclusion, union. It's an invitation. Won't you rend the heavens and come down? He has. He has. You know, he's here. He's got us. He's got you. Yeah. Just it's a good word. Um, this past this past Monday, our ministry leaders were meeting here in this room, socially distanced, of course. And uh, for some reason I feel the need to throw in some humor about that. I, Lord help us <laughs> as we just continue on. Uh but we were meeting and we were applying family systems theory to health in the church. Family systems theory, it's like something counselors use to, to help families understand that the family's a whole and that all the different individual parts actually affect each other. And so if somebody's acting out or, you know, messed, it's going to affect negatively affect the whole family and bring anxiety into the whole family. And so we were applying some of that thinking to the church and to our different spheres of ministry and just knowing that when there's anxiety in some part of the church, you know, whatever that circle is, that life group or that family, it's going to affect others. We're not 
because we're living life together. We actually are a system together. We are a family together. We're, and we're systems of systems within, within the church. And I'm sitting there having this conversation and I'm thinking Jesus is like the ultimate differentiated person who brings peace into the different spheres. And what, that's what we want to do. We want to be not an anxious presence. We want to be a peaceful presence that walks in the way of Jesus, the Prince of Peace. What, well, what would happen, even in the midst of all the chaos and stuff that's going on in the world, if we could be a peaceful presence in the midst of that, in the midst of our spheres and circles and families and, and systems and life groups and the church itself? Come on, Lord, do it. Reaffirm your baptism in that reality, that affirmation, security, delight, significance, identity. Put that in us in the name of Jesus. All right. Second piece, second marker is the wilderness, the wilderness with Jesus. That's uh, verses uh, 12 and 13. At once, the spirit sent him out into the the spirit. I want to emphasize that the spirit sent him out into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals and the angels attended him. Now, we, we've had some great conversations about this. In fact, we had our, our little team together this past Wednesday and Jim was on the Zoom call and we were just all having, I mean, it was a great, it was a, it was a edifying conversation that yes, Jesus was leading people out of exile. Israel had been promised they would go into exile. They went to Babylon and they hadn't really returned. Even though they were there physically, they were still underneath Rome and they hadn't had a sense of, they didn't have their temple built and they didn't have a sense of really being returned and God's presence and glory coming back to the temple. You know, and so, um, we're not in exile, even when we sense our, because Jesus does lead the Israelites out of exile into his pre, into the presence of God and Gentiles as well. We get in on this deal, Jew and Gentile together in Christ. And, but just because we're not in exile doesn't mean we don't experience the wilderness. In fact, wilderness is a part of the journey just going to say that like there's times when I really sense the rest of the Lord in some aspect of my life and it's like I'm in the land but then there's other times where we really experience the wilderness and we know that we have not arrived yet can I get a witness it's it, and it's like that there's and that's that's there's times where we pull back like that and intentionally pray and fast so that the cacophony of voices around us can die down so that so that um, we can recognize what are those temptations that we are facing regularly and get clear about what it is we need to walk away from. What is it that we need to quote Scripture to? You know, because I, you know, he's tempted by Satan, but I'm not I, I don't know. It's real helpful to think a uh, guy in a red suit, you know, tail, I, I I don't think it's like that. I think it's like thoughts that a lot of us have in this room. You know, make these stones. You're hungry. Make these stones become bread. Feed yourself. Feed, feed everybody, in fact. Take the shortcut. And Jesus is quoting Scripture. All these quotes that he in Matthew, you can look it up, Matthew 4. But all these quotes 
are right out of the Israelites wandering in the wilderness. They're all direct quotes from Deuteronomy, you know. So, you know, man doesn't live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So we need to be instead of trusting our get get it for ourselves or get it for others and, and the way we would do it, we instead trust what's the Lord saying in this situation. I mean, it's like a, it's like how we're supposed to live, you know, or the persuade everybody. You know, if you you let yourself fall off this temple, you know, and the angels, they're going to stop you from falling. And then like, boom, you know, that'll persuade them quickly, you know, and there's the we face the same kinds of temptations. And I want to say these are real temptations for Jesus, whatever it was, it was a real temptation. It wasn't just like, yeah, you know, I mean, it was a real temptation. And then the the final liberate everyone, you know, just. If you'll worship me, here's the quick path. Here, take, take this shortcut and I'll give all this to you. And he says, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And so the, the wilderness can help us to get clear on what is it that we're facing that's, that's getting its way in us. And so Lord, help us in these next three days, even of prayer and fasting and seeking the Lord, to get clear, to have Scripture that we're quoting about the different temptations that we are facing. Have the Word of the Lord that we can speak it out when we're facing whatever that temptation is. You know, for some of us, it might be the temptation to not be together right now. And we need Scripture. We need Scripture on our lips. The church is the eternal purpose of God. The church is the bride of Christ. The church is the building of God. The church is the distribution of the riches of Christ. The church is the display of God's wisdom to the heavenly realms. I need the church. I need my brothers and sisters. We need that, that, that in there. When I'm tempted to, again, isolate, pull back, not engage, lose my hope about or believe whatever lie I would believe and get crunched under the weight of everything that's going on in the culture right now. You know, I I couldn't help but think about Martin Luther King uh, as I was thinking about the wilderness. Um, Just one of the most potent is there's a show called King in the Wilderness on uh, HBO or something. We saw it. I I watched it in two pieces and I it's still on the still on the TV but I, I had to stop as I was crying halfway through it. And then the second half through it, I was wiped out again, a mess. And, um, you know, on the night before he died, um, he, there was this, the sanitation strike thing was happening in Memphis and he was too tired. His voice didn't feel strong. He had Ralph Abernathy go to the church. Church was packed out. Abernathy was supposed to speak. And so Abernathy gets there and he says, no way. So he calls uh, Dr. King and says, you've got to come. You've got to be. They've got to hear you speak. And so, again, these are iconic last. It's the last message of, of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. And he says, we've got some difficult days ahead, he told them. But it doesn't really matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight 
that we as a people will get to the promised land. You know, and then he was shot the next morning there at the whatever that motel was. You know, and so, you know, we haven't arrived, <laughs> but we're going to get there. And part of us pulling back in the wilderness times is to so that we can look and see where it is we're trying to go and hear the Lord again afresh say to us to turn down the noise and to listen to God. That's what we need to listen to him. The third piece, third marker. So two markers, right? So far, the baptism of Jesus, the wilderness with Jesus. Third marker, the message of Jesus. And again, these these we're preaching this every week, basically, at, at Antioch. But after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So this is... Jesus announcing the good news. And, and because it's different than the way that we commonly put it on tracks and things like that, I'm, I feel like I'm always subverting, subverting a, a, a truncated version of the gospel, which is just believe. Just you do something with your head, you believe, and then you go to heaven when you die. And it's very common in the West, even since the Enlightenment, for us to separate. It's a false dualism uh, of theory and practice of belief and action. But really, what it's very clear, Jesus is not just saying, hey, you might try this on for size and see how it fits. It's a radical call to follow Jesus. And, and, and somehow... There's there's a context where Jesus coming on the scene and saying, hey, it's time. The time's here. The kingdom is now. And that makes sense as the good news, as the gospel. And that's what's going on here. The message of Jesus that we have to imbibe, to drink down, to get it into our souls that Jesus Christ is the Lord and the King. And that He is bringing a kingdom that is making everything right in the world. And this is not like... The, the message isn't, hey, uh, you, 101 is you can go to heaven when you die. And then you might try on 201, 301, following Him, being a disciple, being connected to church life. You might try those things on if you're really serious about God. It does not work that way. So this is the Gospel of the king, you leave one kingdom, you come into another. You leave darkness, you come into light. You leave death, and you come into life. And it's the best news ever. It's the best news ever. And 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 it's not until we go. It's almost like you have to get how radical it is, and how you can't do anything to make it happen. That God's done it. That you can then go. Oh, I can't, but I'm in. I'm in. I'm in for life. I'm in for all that I... I, I had a, a college student come up to me last week after... He's, and he said, so this prepare the way for the Lord. What, what do I do? What, what, is that, what does that mean? I said, well, it's, it, it's, it's being and it's doing. It's like what he's done and it's what, what we do as a life response. It's not a one-time thing. It's not a, you believed this back when you were 12 or... 
18 or in college or whatever. It's, it's every day. It's today. And then it's going to be this afternoon and then it's going to be tomorrow. And then after tomorrow, it's going to be on Tuesday. And all of that just it, it's holistic. It's about forgiveness and it's about healing and it's about hope and it's about freedom. It's about making things right in a world that's gone wrong. That's what this gospel is about, this gospel of the kingdom. And it will take the rest of Mark's gospel to unpack that line that we just read. That's what's going on. That's what he's uh, everything he's doing is preaching the gospel. It's healing the sick. It's having authority over demons. It's the reign of God breaking on to into planet Earth. It's Jesus making things right and proclaiming forgiveness with the authority and the reign of God. And so we look to Jesus to understand the gospel. Jesus Christ, the Lord, is at the center of all that we believe. And the gospel, and hear, hear me on this, the gospel points to Jesus. The, the gospel's not, not the, it's not the end. Jesus is the center. The, the center of the center is Jesus. And the, the gospel is the message about Jesus Christ, the King, who is the Lord of heaven and earth. So, marker one, baptism. Marker two, wilderness with Jesus. Marker three, the message of Jesus, the gospel of the kingdom of God. And then marker number four is the calling of Jesus. Verses 16 to 20. And we'll wrap this up really quick here. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net in the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When they'd gone a little further, they saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. And without delay, he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. So what he's saying is, and I think the part of the journey that I want us to to hear here is that there's a calling for all of us. And the calling isn't just, hey, believe a few things. Did you check off the things that did you are you believing the right stuff? It's it's come follow Jesus. Like, and it's it's always that. It's not double negative. It's not never that. It's 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 always it's always follow me. Come follow me. Take up your cross. Lay down your life. Walk away from stuff that's going to hinder you and follow me. This is the call of Jesus. Come out of the old and come into the new. It's not just believe some things. God in the flesh is seen in Jesus and now He is reordering, He is uh, reconstituting Israel around Himself. That's what He's doing here in calling these 12 apostles to follow Him. He's, He's like... What's broken, I'm fixing and making whole in myself. And it's not going to be just about this one geographical spot on earth, but it's going to be about all the nations together. Every tribe, language, nation, and tongue together in Messiah. In Jesus, who is the Christ. And this time, it's going to be for all the nations. And that call, the call to follow Jesus brings us into community. No two ways around it. You just can't get around. It brings us 
into connection with other people that are trying to follow him. It's not an individualized deal. As much as we, it's just, it's our, it's our framework. It's the, it's the water we're swimming in. It's our worldview is that I can choice this thing up myself. I can choose what I see and my experience of it. And it's just following Jesus is always a communal deal. It's a community experience. Actually, understanding things rightly about Jesus is a, an experience together of people who are filled with the Spirit of God. That's just that's the way it works. And so this call is that we've been called and now we're calling. And I, was, I almost did something with this passage because all that stuff's going on there. We're loved and now we're to be loving. We've been forgiven, and now we're to be forgiving. We've been set free, now we're supposed to set people free. This is life in the Spirit. This is life with Jesus. This is the way it happens. Even as He's baptized, affirmed, wilderness, the message, and now calling people, we too are to be baptized, confirmed, setting things down, knowing the message, and then calling other people. But without this life in the Spirit, here's what happens. I'm hurt, and so I'm hurting. I'm wounded, and so I'm wounding. And that's all I can do. That's the only righteous judgment that I can make eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Is that I'm hurt, and it happened to me, and you did it. Or somebody like you. Somebody that just in general looks like you or whatever. And the only way forward is the way forward that Jesus is is unveiling for us here. God stepping into the darkness, into the mess, fully identifying with us so that He can fully redeem us. And that's good news. That's good news. You know, and, and, and as we step into the the baptism of identity as we step into the wilderness of needing to get clear about what's working on us and trials and and, and getting the Word of God in us so that we can fight. And as we learn the message and apply the message, believe the Gospel in our own lives that Jesus' reign is coming, has come and is coming in more and more of me, of my thinking, my heart, my emotions, my life, and then call other people into that. Man, that's the life. That, that's actually real living. And I don't do it perfectly. Would somebody just shout amen? Shout me down on that. Well, you preach it now. I have to go back like an uh, hour and a half or two hours to the last real blow up place I blew it. But there's grace. You know, I mean, here we are. Just these expressions of His grace on this journey. I mean, the original Christians, what were they called? One of the first names for them was the way. Right? And so we're on the way of Jesus in Mark's Gospel together. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. Y'all stand up.
Let's just respond to the Lord a little bit. Todd, if you want to come up. You know, even as we go into this time of prayer tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, just, Lord, would You make us aware of the places that we're tempted to get off track? Lord, there's enough ammo here. There's enough uh, meat here. It's dense. It's thick. It's, there's, there's things here for us to respond to. And so, Lord, I'm just any place that just reveal the places where we struggle and God and the power of your spirit and the fullness of your spirit. Lord, just give us grace to repent, to realign, to turn to you, to know that the time has come. It's now that we would repent and believe the gospel about the reign of King Jesus what you're doing to make things right in the world. I, I pray right now for everyone just who needs the, the affirmation. Just step into the, just if you can, just step into the water with Jesus. See heaven opened. Share in his life. That's, that's what we do. We share in his life together. Share in his life in this important, what one author years ago called the central event in the baptism of Jesus. That unearthly assurance of love that we need. So just all the stuff that we do longing for love. All the fear that creeps into our lives because we're not experiencing the perfect love that drives out fear or anxiety or attempts to control or have power over others as opposed to the, the kingdom way of service, of care, of love, self-giving, others-concerned love. Yeah, so Lord, meet us here today just in identity and security. Lord, meet us in these three days of prayer as we're stepping into this as a church together. Lord, bring breakthrough. But we need breakthrough. We need encouragement. Lord, let the prophetic words flow that would build up the church. Let the prophetic text messages flow around the church. Phone calls, life groups. Release encouragement in the name of Jesus. Lord, every one of these prayer meetings we're going to be having around here, noon and evening prayer meetings. Lord, I pray just be filled with hungry people wanting to press into You. Lord, let us proclaim this good news and believe in our hearts that justice will roll. Lord, that, that uh, swords will be turned into plowshares. Lord, that, that peace will come on the earth even as You are the Prince of Peace. Lord, let Your kingdom come. Let Your will be done on earth. And Lord, would You just let the calling go out again right now. Come, follow me. And whatever it is we need to lay down today, give us grace to do it. Just in the moment to follow Jesus. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He's got you. He will never let you go. On that day, 
you realize when the Holy Spirit comes on that day, you realize I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. So Lord, here we are. We love you. We trust you. We look to you. Say, have your way in us, Lord. All the living rooms, all the dorms, all the apartments, houses, everybody that's represented here right now. We turn our hearts to you and say, have your way in us. We love you, Jesus. Amen. May you be people that walk in that kind of security, identity, and blessing. May you walk knowing that He just has got you at every single moment of the day. Your kingdom people, let's go and share it with the world. Amen. Love you guys.